Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip podcast. My guest today is Josh Ramsey. Josh is a business development manager at ClearBrand, a digital marketing agency focused on data-driven marketing that gets results, more leads, and sales. He believes that without good marketing, businesses die and people suffer. Josh stands on the shoulders of giants who have done the research and have the experience. He is here to share these truths and practical tools to help businesses thrive because he believes that entrepreneurs and marketers with ethical and scientific marketing strategies can change the world. It's going to be a great discussion today. Josh, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Jeff, super happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So listen, I want to talk a little bit about what it is you do at ClearBrand and get an idea of who you are and how you became so amazing. Who is Josh? Well, thanks, man. Yes, I'm the business development manager at ClearBrand.com. And what I take care of here at ClearBrand is part of our training. So we do train people in marketing. I also take care of some lead gen reaching out. I run the podcast show. So I'm a host like yourself. And basically you could whittle it all down to building relationships and then adding value specifically in the marketing space. Tell me a little bit about ClearBrand and what it is that you guys do. Yeah, so ClearBrand, we arrive with the right questions. So we're not so much just laser focused on getting the answers that clients are looking for right on the first day. We really, what we have done is built systems that can implement the finding of those answers using very, very good questions. So we don't take for granted that any sector or market segment is the same And uh, so we need to be asking some profound questions to make sure that the strategies that our clients and companies throughout, you know, the marketplace are using can get them the results that they need. And the results that we're looking for are leads and sales. Yeah. So one of the interesting things about that is that, you know, a lot of people think that marketing is sort of like this, you know, almost like this black art, but really the foundation of it in a lot of science, right? It's in a lot of finite numbers tangible things that you can latch onto and improve and measure and to just see how you can make that happen. How then do you take some of that information and turn it from the science part of it, you know, the data-driven aspects into the art, which makes your offering much more compelling for your clients? Yeah. So on the creative side, you know, we've got this, well, on both sides, we've got this great frame, which we use to apply the scientific approach to getting marketing results. And that's what we call the clear brand marketing flywheel. So we combine both of these, right? So the science is what is the best way to get creative across? And then what are the results that we're seeing from the marketplace? So we start with building memories. 
And we're going to use that creative and we use story to do that. We light up our customers' brains with story. We connect emotionally. We use great distinctive design to make sure that we are recognizable and memorable so that when they move into a buying moment, we're there. And once we've done that really well, once we are building memories very, very well, which is both creative and scientific, then our downstream marketing actions are going to be returning so much more value, less marketing waste, more time getting less done, more leads and sales. So really what you're talking about here is really going back to basics, like, you know, doing your avatar work, you know, figuring out who your ideal client is, you know, like uh, in really having some real intense clarity on who are you serving? How do you arrive on that? Can you walk me through a little bit of your process, how you would approach that when a new client comes to you guys? What does that look like on your side? Yeah. So as I say, we, you know, we focus on questions and the first thing we do when we work with any client is we send them a very comprehensive survey. So we have been asking questions around, you know, using story to communicate with customers. We've got to figure out where their sales are currently working. If they're a startup, you know, what a competitor is doing. So we gather a whole bunch of information and then we research it even further in their industry, in the the product or service space that they're in, uh, competitors that are existing around that. And then from there, we put together that initial a strategy on building out the brand or, you know, changing the way that the brand is positioned without, you know, changing it too much. So that would be the first piece is actually collecting data and then using that to build out something that's really going to be recognizable and memorable. And the reason really here is that only 5% of the market is ready to buy right now. So for most of anyone's customers, they're going to be engaged while interacting with that buying moment in the future. And so we need to be in their brain. We need to be remembered. They need to know exactly what we do. And clarifying messaging is just super important. So that's why it's one of the things that we start in our first component of marketing, building memories. So I really like the way you articulated that. Really what you're doing here, you know, you're creating a story, right? You're, and you're giving people a reason to care right? A reason mm-hmm. to care about a brand and to just go in, you know, and then think about ways that they can be engaged with, right? You know, whether it like Starbucks, for example, came up with this really uh, genius way of pushing everyone through the app, right? Just this morning, I was able to order my coffee before I actually got to the store, you know, after I dropped off my kid and, they, and it was hot and fresh waiting for me there, right? And what happens is, you know, like at first it really wasn't that well received, Right. Because people are like, oh, why do I need another app on my phone? Right. Why do I need this? And it has now become like the centerpiece for how they divvy out rewards. A lot of their the rewards that get pushed to me are based off of some kind of algorithm that they figured out that Jeff only drinks double tall mochas. Right. Yeah. That, uh, that's it. Those are the only things I buy from there. Right. And they know that it's like, hey, let me see if I can get them to come in by giving them extra points, for example, you know, for that. What are some of the other examples uh, that you guys come up with to help people sort of, uh, you know, not only engage with that story that your clients are trying to build, but to also continue that and build upon that relationship? I love the example that you gave because, you know, we can pretty much guarantee that, you know, the decision makers at Starbucks are not sitting in a boardroom going, well, I wonder what we should do with the app next. Well, maybe we should. Oh, what do we feel like doing? No, no, no. They are tracking every single interaction on that app. They're collecting data, feedback, and they're making decisions based on that evidence, right? So that's what, that's why we, we lean into this idea of follow the data or follow what is working, get feedback from the market. The next piece of what we would be doing there is then 
maximizing availability. So just like you mentioned with that app, it's super easy to buy, right? If you think of coffee, you think of the app, you open it, you get your coffee. So we want to, once we've built out a solid foundation with story and design, we're then going to make our offer available everywhere that people are looking for this product or service. And then we're going to make it super easy for them to buy it. You imagine going into a grocery store and you need to buy some toothpaste. You reach out onto the shelf and if it's on the shelf, you'll buy it. If it's not, you'll buy some other product. You're not going to wait for just this one brand that you're looking for. So if we want to grow our businesses, we need to maximize where we are available, being easy to find and easy to buy. So that's really good from a, you know, from a data collection standpoint, but then let's start talking about the art that goes into this as well. You know, like the creative that you need to get done in order for it to resonate with your clients. How does that creative process start? What do you do to make that more compelling for your clients? Yeah. So at the core of that, we're going to be leaning into story and story lights up seven parts of the human brain as opposed to just facts and figures, which only lights up two. And at the core of it, story is connecting cause and effect. And for example, if you're a running shoe company, right, and your website says excellence through progressive technology or whatever it says, right, the customer doesn't know what you do. They don't know where in their brain to store what you do and the problem that you can solve for them, which translates into what you were saying, why they should care about you. So the the question that we want to answer in our messaging is this is what we do. So if you're a running shoe, it's going to be we sell running shoes that improve your personal best and don't hurt your back or whatever the line is. Now, where this connects with science, I've got a really interesting case study that's going to make the segue a bit of a profound journey. So Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola earns more than 50% of their revenue from people that buy one to two cans of Coca-Cola per year. Now that's pretty huge. And what it tells us is that we need to be reaching as many, as you said, avatars as possible. We need to be reaching as many users as we can. So knowing that, which is what the data tells us, we then go back to story and we build more connections with more uses, right? So maybe somebody is looking for a shoe that's going to help them with a sore back. We want to have messaging for that and an ad for that. Somebody else wants you know, shoes that are, are going to just make them super fast and they don't, you know, that's what they're looking for. Okay, so we're going to have messaging and creative for that. Somebody else wants to have shoes that nobody else has shoes for. So those are going to be high ticket shoes and they've got a different messaging and creative. So when we understand how we can really scale our income by connection, connecting more connections with uses, then we have a frame of how to apply that creative because we can get, you know, it's this balance. It's a both and we can't have just, you know, unlimited creative without this kind of systems and structure. So we want to balance the two of them to make sure that we are growing our company in a way that is sustainable, very profitable. You know, I like that you brought up the shoe example because the advertising that came to my mind was Nike's just do it campaign, right? So you got the Nike swoosh and the, you know, it's like, just do it. Or if you think about the, uh, the way McDonald's, uh, I'm loving it. Right. And mm-hmm. these are both worldwide advertising campaigns that get translated into multiple languages on its face. Yep. It's all encompassing yet. It gets associated with a very narrow product focus. Right. So for example, you know, like just do it, you know, just do what just run, 
just do CrossFit, you know, just do walking, things like that. Or McDonald's. I'm loving it. Like I'm loving the cheeseburger. I'm loving the, uh, I'm loving the, uh, you know, the ice cream, even though their ice cream machines never work. That's another big documented problem, <laughs> right? Let's try to break that down a little bit. You no, know, because basically what, what we're talking about here is this really big overarching tagline, right? But then it can be broken down into multiple subgroups. Like you said, multiple avatars, how then do you go about thinking of that and being able to address each one of those subgroups, you know, within that main avatar of who you're trying to target? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the reason that avatars are useful, so we want to lean into this idea of the niche or the avatar, but we also want to be aware of the word focus. So we don't want to limit who can buy from us, right? Because remember, we're trying to maximize availability. We want to be available to anyone that wants to buy from us. However, the avatar or the focus gives us something to start with. We are always limited with a marketing budget, with human resource, with time. So we have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is going to be very useful to know, you know, more about our ideal client and problem that they're trying to solve so that we can, you know, show them that we have a solution. So the idea of a focus group or a focus point or an avatar or a marketing niche, that is really to start us off. That's the lowest lying fruit. But if we want to grow into a great brand like Nike, like McDonald's, these massive global players like Apple, we need to be maximizing. We need to, you know, we need to reach as much of the market as possible. And I'll, I'll use another case study to, to really exemplify this. So when we think of Harley Davidson, the motorcycle company, what is the image, the typical avatar of this motorcycle rider? What do they look like? Maybe I could get some feedback from you on that. What does this image look like? You know, who is this person? What are they, what are they wearing? You know, what's interesting is I once went to price out a Harley bike. Right. And it costs more than my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the people that ride these, you know, this particular brand or these elevator brands like uh, Harley and Triumph, things mm -hmm. like that. Like these are not middle class, uh, middle class customers. These are probably 10% to 1% type people that want to have fun, that want to have some kind of identity. So even though they're in jeans and a leather jacket and, a, you know, in a funky helmet, they're also the people representing you in court. You know, during the yeah. week, or they're, well, you see, or they're performing this is neurosurgery. Exactly the point, right? This is exactly the point: is that when people think of Harley Davidson riders, they think of leather jackets, torn jeans, biker boots, big beards, maybe a chain, patches on the back. The data tells us that it's three point five percent of their revenue. So that idea, I mean, it's part of their brand. And yes, it's aspirational for some that want to have that kind of free life spirit. But the data is that if they only focused on those customers, their business would be 96.5% smaller. Their revenue would be 96% less than what it is now because they've managed to build more connections to different kinds of users, right? And as you say, these are your high earners, they're doctors, they're dentists, they're, you know, pediatricians, they're lawyers, and they're not necessarily going the full biker avatar. And Harley Davidson knows that. So they've made it available, accessible, easy to find, easy to buy. They've used a great story that connects with that customer and it solves their problem. You know, what's interesting about the Harley story is that that's one of the few corporate brands that people are actually willing to tattoo on their bodies. That they're willing to, yeah. you know, I mean, go all something. in, right? 
Yeah, that says something. I mean, talk about building memories, right? I mean, that is forever. So um, yeah, they're doing a great job. And I'm, I mean, we can talk about that for a while. I love the origin story. But, but basically, just to wrap up the frame, that is how we approach marketing at clearbrand.com. We want to build memories, maximize availability and reach the market. And these are fundamental approaches that will help us avoid the downstream. You watch a viral TikTok from some guy that says, oh, every business has got to have 50 blogs. And then there we go. Two months of work. We just 50 blogs and we don't look up because it's nice to be busy, but we got to make sure we're busy with the right ideas and the right things that are going to work for our business in our sector. So once you've reached that nexus of having your data and understanding your data and having a clear North Star that you need to go, go towards, and then you create that story, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, pushes into your offer and you have that convergence, like what happens next? Once you start presenting all of that, what's like, what are the next steps? Yeah, I mean, for a business, so many uh, processes, people, scale, but for the marketing, then we're going to go for these other fruits, right? We've got the low lying fruit. It's got return on, on income. You know, we can scale it up if we want to because the conversions are great. So we've got that kind of that user profile, whatever we want to call it, niche or avatar, we use the word focus, we've got that focus working for us. Now we've got income. So now we can reinvest and potentially look to open up other user demographics in the market so that we can really reach the market. And this is why we call it the flywheel. We go round and round, right? Consistent effort, cumulative response. So we're going to go back. Can we improve how we build memories? Can we look into different ways of building memories? Okay, great. Can, are we very easy to find and easy to buy everywhere? You know, look at Apple. Apple sells their iPhones at Walmart, Best Buy, from carriers like Verizon, eBay, on Amazon. And if they are making themselves available everywhere that their category of product is available, then how can you not? They're the most recognizable brand in the world. Well, Maybe that's not true at the time of, of this, this recording, but they're up there. Yeah, what's really interesting, I love how you, how you touched on Apple because it's really the device that you want, right? And then you have, you know, fanboys like me that go all in on the ecosystem between having everything live in the iCloud and having the laptop and the desktop computer and connecting to my iPad and my phone and even being able to see stuff on my watch, right? What happens is that it becomes so insanely useful so it, and it becomes so efficient that no matter where I am, I can really take a, you know, take advantage of what's going on. I was in an airport and I only whipped out my phone, but I could still see all the files on my desktop. Right. And I was able to send a PDF that was on my desktop, send it out, you know, with no problems. Nobody knew any better. You know, it's gotten to the point, at least for me, I don't tell people where, when and where I travel anymore. Right. I don't even bother because there's no reason to. Right here in the U.S., we have T-Mobile, which uh, doesn't it's the only U.S. carrier that doesn't price gouge you when you're roaming, you know, like when you're when you're traveling abroad. Sounds good. Right. So I'm getting data in all countries, even though it's kind of slow. I'm getting free uh, text messages and and also the phone calls like I'm not being charged three dollars a minute for it. Right. And that is why, you know, a company like that has, you know, has my business and coupled with the fact that I'm using that I'm using products and technology and software that gels perfectly with that. It makes it a perfect ecosystem, you know, for me to exist. Then it really doesn't matter whether I'm, 
I'm in Miami, whether I'm in, whether I'm in somewhere in Europe or in the far East, I'm still connected and it's all good. Right. And people just don't need to know where Jeff is in order to, you know, in order for me to, to still stay in touch and deliver a cohesive product. So I was just going to say, that's the beauty of the market, right? Is that excellence should be the ticket to play. And it should be the ticket to play for everyone. So if you have a product or a service that is subpar, your marketing is going to be super, super difficult. So maybe that is the most fundamental question we can ask ourselves. Is this product excellent? Is this service excellent? Is this going to change our customers' lives? Is it going to, you can see Apple has changed the game for you. And that's great. You know, that should be in the marketplace, should be the entry level, right? It should be, that's your ticket to play. And then all the marketing and how you help your users understand it and service and all that other stuff comes down the line. But I think it's a great reminder that, you know, we want our products, our services to be excellent. And then we want to market them really well. Amazing. Thank you so much for the, for that genius there. Josh, where can people learn more about your company and how can they reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? So, you know, definitely check out clearbrand.com. That's clearbrand.com. And you can find a whole bunch of great resources on that site. Just a quick story. I actually bought from Clearbrand before I joined the team. So I really believe in what we're doing. So you can come to clearbrand.com and you can check that out on LinkedIn. I, I'm so glad that we're live right now. So for anyone that is, is watching live, hello, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to talk to you about your business and, and find how we can, you know, help answer, ask some uh, fundamental questions about what you're doing to help you get the, the leads and sales that you deserve. Amazing. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun and I really appreciate you bringing the energy and it's just so much fun to nerd out on this stuff, you know, just to really show people what can be possible. Thank you for joining me today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.